Would you join me for a scripture reading? If you're uh, using the YouVersion app on your phone, you can find it in on the live event there on YouVersion, or feel free, to, feel free to follow along with me. Do not, this, oh, this is from John 14, 1 through 6, verses, and verses 23, uh, or 25 to 27. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I not, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Verse 25. All this uh, I have spoken while still with you, Jesus said. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Praise be to God. Well, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and let us be glad in it. You know, our, our world sure has changed a lot in the past few weeks and even days and even hours. For example, social distancing. It's become a part of our everyday vocabulary. I hadn't even heard the phrase until just a few weeks ago. The word quarantine. Kids as young as seven or eight years old, they know what it means. They know how to spell it now. Um, schools are canceled along with special events like proms and graduations, athletic seasons and concerts, so on and so forth. There's so many changes in our world. It's a little bit overwhelming. The stock market is dropping precipitously. More and more people are, are working from home for a good reason, to be extra careful, to be a, a good citizen, to, to not do the best they can, to not spread this, this, this pandemic, this, this virus. And I'm sure Netflix and, and Amazon Prime and Hulu have seen a dramatic spike in their usage on their websites. There's so much going on in our world, so many changes. It's overwhelming. But the one thing that has not changed and that will never, ever change is is the fact that God is still God. The scriptures tell us that the that God is our rock and our fortress and ever present help in in time of, of trouble, that God's character and his purposes, they are unwavering, that God, uh, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The author of Hebrews tells us that in chapter 13, verse eight, he also tells us a few verses before that. That Jesus Christ will never leave us and he will never, ever forsake us. This is the time for us to really draw deeply and stand upon God's great and precious promises. And there are so many of them throughout the scriptures that are applicable for us during this situation. So as we do each week, I'm going to ask you to focus your hearts and your minds on the Lord and on his word. And we're going to hope and pray and believe that God will use his word through his spirit to, to speak to us in our individual circumstances, where, wherever we may be today. So let's start with a word of prayer. 
Heavenly Father, we come before you and we are so grateful for your love, for your mercy and your compassion. Lord, your word tells us that your, your compassion and your mercy, they're, they're new every morning. And so Lord, we thank you for that. Lord, your word promises that you'll never leave us nor forsake us. And that there is absolutely nothing on this earth that can separate us from the love that you have for us in Christ Jesus. So, Lord, we come before you today and we, we stand upon your promises and we ask that your Holy Spirit would speak to us in our homes and that your word would come alive as we focus on what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, we are in the middle of a sermon series uh, entitled Believe. We kicked it off a, a few weeks ago, so if you haven't been with us for a few weeks or maybe you're just checking in with us today for the first time, a little bit about it. Uh, we're calling it Believe because the, 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 the disciple John, the Apostle John, in his book is called The Gospel According to John, The Good News. The gospel means good news. The good news about Jesus Christ. He tells us the purpose for his book, for writing this, at the end of the book in chapter 20, verse 31, where John tells us this. These things are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, he is the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life. So we've been working our way through different portions of John and looking at what Jesus has to say to us that will grow us in our faith so that our belief in him may grow and our response out of that belief to the world around us may be furthered. So what is John 14, the passage that that Jim read just a moment ago, what does John 14 have to say to us in the middle of this whole coronavirus thing? It was written nearly 2,000 years ago. The events recorded happened around 2,000 years ago. So what does it have to say to us? in the middle of this whole coronavirus pandemic. Well, Jesus spoke these words to the disciples for the first time in the midst of a very anxious and fearful and frightful uh, period. The the tension between the Jewish leaders and and, and Jesus was growing. Uh, There were threats of violence. There were threats about death. And and it's the night before Jesus goes to the cross. And so Jesus gathers his 12 disciples in a room, and he, he begins to talk. He talks to them Uh, uh, words of assurance and words of hope and words of of comfort and instruction. Listen to verse 1 again. Do not let your your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In other words, don't freak out. I've got this. I've got you. Don't be afraid. Trust me. Trust. Don't be afraid. That's a theme that runs throughout all of scriptures. In fact, there are 366 different verses that speaks to some sort of variation telling us not to be afraid, not to worry, and to take courage and to, be, and to not be afraid. 366, one for each day of the year, and one extra one for like this year, 2020, when we have leap year. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Which is a lot easier said than done when we face fears and worries. That's a lot easier said than done. We know in our minds we're supposed to do that, but our, our hearts our hearts and our spirits can, can make us anxious and, and afraid when we, certain, when we face things. And I'm sure when the disciples first heard Jesus say this, they thought, okay, Jesus, we, we've got this. We understand. Don't be afraid. Trust in you. We've been following you for three years. We've gone through, a, through thick and thin with you. We face a lot of things. Don't worry. We're going to trust you. We're, we're, we're not afraid. But then just a few hours later, Jesus is arrested, and Jesus goes on trial for something he did not commit. 
He is mocked, he's beaten, he's hung on a cross, and he dies a very public and agonizing death. And the world is changed upside down. It's flipped. Everything is different. In the, in the blink of an eye, everything that they trusted in, and, and it was gone. Sounds, does it sound familiar? Now, Jesus was not surprised by this. Jesus anticipated this. Just like God is not surprised by what's going on in our world, in our, our state, in our city, in our church, and in our families and homes. God is not surprised by the turmoil and the disruption that is happening in our lives. The world is constantly changing, but God never changes, and God is never, ever surprised. And that should bring us great comfort and great hope. And so Jesus is, is very intentional about the words he speaks to his disciples, but those words are for us as well. So listen again. Do not be afraid. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I've got you. I care for you. I love you. Now, I'm not saying that it's wrong to be afraid sometimes. There are certain things in our life that, that, that we should be afraid of. That should, it's a natural response to be afraid. For example, many of you know that I love to, uh, to hike and to backpack. And so just, uh, just say I'm, I'm hiking in the mountains of Colorado. It's a beautiful, clear day, not rainy like today. And I'm a couple of miles from the trailhead, and I'm just cruising along, just really in my thoughts, really, just really enjoying God's creation. I'm by myself, and all of a sudden, I notice behind, I hear something behind me. I turn around, and I see a couple of bear cubs. And anxiety begins to rise, because where there are bear cubs, there's going to be a mama bear, right? And, and I turn, and I look around, and there's the mama bear. And I'm between them. Of course, I'm going to be afraid. That's a natural response. Another example, say you're a parent, and you take your five-year-old to the state fair in Hutchison, a beautiful day, and it's crowded. And all of a sudden, you get separated from your child. And you, be, you try not to panic. You begin to look around. You don't see them. You begin to ask people around. Have you seen? And, and you hear no response. Of course you're going to be afraid. You're going to be anxious. There are certain situations where fear is a natural response. But fear, but fear should never control us. Fear should never paralyze us. We should not become obsessed by the things around us over which we have no control. God wants us to be people of courage and faith and to be at peace no matter the circumstances in our lives or world. So what does Jesus say that can help us not to be controlled by our fears and our worries? He promises to give us his peace. His peace. We don't have to conjure up peace on our own, not a sort of mind over matter thing. He promises to give us his peace. Listen to verse 27. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So Jesus sets up a contrast here. On one side, there's, there's his peace, the peace that he gives. On the other side, there's, there's the peace that the world gives. Let's, let's, let's compare. The peace the world gives is a peace that can be shattered when circumstances change. For example, a change in your health, physically or emotionally. A change in your relationships for the negative with, with a loved one or a friend or a co-worker. A change in your finances. A change in things far outside our control or above our pay grade. Things like, like a, a downturn in the national economy. Or restrictions upon travel. 
or a viral pandemic. The peace of the world gives ebbs and flows. When things are good, we're more at peace. When things are bad, that, that peace just disappears. It's gone. But the peace that Jesus promises to give us is peace that is not dependent upon our circumstances. He tells his disciples in this chapter that since that soon he's no longer going to be physical, uh, physically present with them. They don't quite get it yet, but they will soon. And that he's going to send the Holy Spirit to be with them and to guide them and to fill them and to comfort them and to strengthen them and to give him to give them his peace. The Apostle Paul speaks about this peace in Philippians chapter four, verses six and seven, where Paul writes, do not be anxious about anything. But by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests, your fears, your worries, whatever going on in your life. Present those things to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So whatever is going on in your life, fear about your finances, fear about catching the coronavirus, fear about your, your loved ones who, from whom you're separated, whatever it might be, The scripture tells us to present those things to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Jesus will give you his peace as we do so. But there's there's a there's a key factor in here. We must not overlook. It says by prayer, prayer and petition with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. We can complain in prayer. We can cry out in pain or frustration. That's okay. God wants us to be authentic, to be honest with him. There, there are many examples of that in the Psalms and other places where people express their fear, their worries, their frustration, their disappointment in what's going on in their lives and even in God. But time and again, they come back to a place of thanksgiving, of praise, and of worship. Gratitude, I think, is a key to experiencing the peace that that Jesus comes to give us. And gratitude is a result of perspective, right? I mean, gratitude does not always come easily. It's, It's sometimes hard to find things to be thankful for in the midst of a really hard situation. But over and again, the scripture tells us to give thanks to the Lord, to remember how he's blessed us. So Jesus gives us his peace when we pray persistently, with, with gratitude. So an action step for you. When you pray this coming week, and I'm guessing that a lot of us are praying more than we ever have. When, when you pray this week, along with your prayers for protection and for healing, for wisdom for our leaders, for, um, for your finances, for your jobs, uh, for the end of this pandemic, along with that, count your blessings. Express your gratitude to God. There's always something to be thankful for. Take a look now at verse 2. This comes right after uh, Jesus' uh, um, command or or urging for us to to not be afraid and to trust in him. Jesus says, My father's house has plenty of room. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. So, So what can we take from this? Jesus gives us his peace as we adopt his perspective, as we, as we look at the situation through his eyes, through his perspective. So Jesus wants his disciples to know that, that their separation from him physically is not going to be permanent. 
in the meantime, the Holy Spirit's going to be there to represent him, to, to be his presence with him. But he wants them to know that he has plans for them, that he has a purpose for them, a future for them, that no matter what happens, the end of the story for, for them and for us as his people, the end of the story is already written and the end of the story is, is really, really good. Jesus says, you're going to be with me. You're going to be with my father forever. So, so keep that perspective. Don't worry. The Apostle Paul writes about this perspective in Colossians 3. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. Now, Paul is not saying don't pay attention to what's going on in the world. We are to be in the world, but not of it. We have to be in the world. We have to be aware of the needs around us to, to spring into action, to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ, to make the world a, a better place for, for those around us and to bring God the glory in, in all that we do. But our perspective in all this is, is, remember, this is temporary. We are to have the big picture in mind. And the big picture is that this too is going to pass. And the big picture is that God is in control and that God has a plan and a purpose for his people to redeem all things. Finally, take a look at verse 6. Jesus said, I'm the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus gives us his peace when we put our trust completely in him when we receive his love for us and then in turn express his love to others. Now, in the very beginning of the Bible, we're told that we are created in God's image. That means that we are created for a relationship with him. That's how God created. That's our purpose. And, and the only way to truly know God, to be in relationship with him, is through Jesus Christ. Jesus literally is the way, the way to know God. Jesus is also the truth. In John 8, 32, Jesus promises, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And a couple of things that we truly need to be set free from are worry and fear. Jesus, as we trust in him, will set us free from the worries and the fears that, that can bind us up and paralyze us and, and control us and cause us to lose perspective and faith. In Jesus, he says, Jesus says, I am the life. He gives us life both now, but also forever if we put our trust in him. Now, God's motive and character in all of this is always love. Love for us and love so deep that Jesus, God's only son, came to earth knowing what would be awaiting him, death on a cross. And he did that. He gave his life for us so that we could live. And so how does how's that love, the love of God, how does it help us face our fears and worries right now? John also wrote, a few other books in the New Testament, and one of them is First John. In chapter 4, verse 18, he writes, There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. Love, in other words, neutralizes fear. It's, it's a beautiful verse. It's a, it's a beautiful idea. It's a beautiful truth. And it's so beautiful that Rick Warren, a pastor of Saddleback Church in, in California, decided to use that verse at the end of a note he was writing to his wife when they were dating. He wrote some beautiful things about her and expresses, and he, write, and he put it in love, Rick, and he put underneath it 1 John 4.18. Perfect love casts out fear. And then she wouldn't talk to him for a couple of weeks. 
and, and, and he wondered what was going on. And then he realized that he had left out the first in first John. He had written John 418 instead. And he looked up John 418. It's a story about this woman at the well who had lived a very, a little, really rough past and a lot rough life where Jesus says to her in verse 18, the fact is, is you've had five husbands and the man you're now living with is not your husband either. So whoops. So if you're passing this verse along to somebody to encourage them, make sure that you put first John 418. Otherwise you might get a response you're not looking for. So John tells us love, perfect love, cast out fear. Love neutralizes our fears and our worries. And so if I want to experience the peace that Jesus gives, I need to I need to trust in God's love for me. I need to accept his love for me. A couple of verses before John tells us that perfect love casts out fear, he writes this. And so we know and rely upon the love that God has for us. We know we know and we rely, we trust in the love that God has for us. The fact is, we're all a little bit worried about what's going on. We all are fighting certain fears about what's going on in our world. And God knows that. He cares about the things that worry us. He, he, he has the power to help us through those fears and over those fears. And when we know and rely, we trust in God's love our fears will, will begin to lose their power. They'll begin to dissipate because when we trust and know upon and trust and rely upon God's love for us, our fears begin to fade because there is no fear in love. The second way that love neutralizes fear is when we offer that love to others. Now there are three ways that you can move in life. You can move toward someone or something in anger against them. You can move away from something or someone in fear, or you can move toward someone or something in love. And when we fill our life with God's love, we let God's love fill us. We're able to offer that love to others and to be courageous and to offer love to others in the midst of our fears in a way that, that helps and encourages and, and witnesses to where we ultimately put our trust. So, so why is, is love an antidote to fear? Because the root of a lot of fear is simply self, self-centeredness, right? It's a preoccupation with ourselves. I don't want to get involved. I don't want to be misunderstood. I don't want to get hurt. I don't want to be misunderstood. And God's love for us and our love for others as we express that love, it, it takes the focus off ourselves. It takes the focus off our fears and our worries. And the more that I'm filled with God's love, the less I'm going to be filled with fear. Floyd Ogilby heard a, a guy one time in a bus stop working on a crossword puzzle, and the guy said, I need a four-letter word for, uh, for, um, uh, for a response to difficulty. And one guy said, um, fear. Another guy said, love. The, the answer was love. And, and that's, that's really is... is is God's answer for us. Ultimately, his answer for us, no matter what we face, is love. His love for you and for me. And so we know and rely upon God's love for us. And as we do so, God will give us his peace. Jesus gives us his peace. Not as the world gives. Not dependent upon circumstances. But peace that transcends all understanding. 
And basically, that's all I have for today in the midst of this whole coronavirus thing. So uh, keep your eye on the ball, or more, more, um, more accurately, keep your, your eye, your, your heart, your mind, your soul focused on Jesus Christ. Be wise, be a good neighbor. Look for opportunities to express God's love to those around you as you're able. Don't be afraid. Don't worry. Keep God's perspective. This too will pass. God's ultimate purpose for you is good. Pray and pray with gratitude. And in all things, put your faith in Christ, trust in his love, and be marked by joy and love and peace in all circumstances. And as you do so, you'll be a witness to where you ultimately put your trust. So I want to leave you with one of my favorite verses. It's from 2 Timothy 1.7, where the Apostle Paul writes, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Let's pray. Father, we come before you and we thank you for your word. We thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, and the words that he shared with his disciples nearly 2,000 years ago. And Lord, we receive those words today. Lord, help us to bring our fears and our worries, our concerns to you in prayer. And as we do so, Lord, help us to have your perspective and and help us to, to be grateful for the many blessings that you've given us. Lord, we thank you for your great love. And so, Father, we, we, we know that intellectually, that you love us. Lord, help us to, to, to feel it, to, to trust in it, and may it change our attitudes and our, our actions, and may it lead to us expressing your love to those around us for your glory, for your purposes, for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ through whom we pray. Amen.